Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Kentuckiana Travel Ball Podcast. We're back in the Ville. We just finished our Panama City Beach Grand Slam World Series Tournament. As always, uh, the Kentuckiana Podcast is brought to you by GuardianBaseball.com. Shop for top baseball softball gear. Locally owned, free shipping, free returns. Use the code Kentuckiana Travel Ball for an additional 15% off. As always, I'm joined by Rick Hines. Rick, what's up, man? What's going on, T? Hello, uh, Kentucky and baseball community. How's everybody doing? Are you uh, are you are you back now? Are you back in the swing of Louisville? Are you missing the beach? Are you still feeling the waves? Oh man, I so missed the beach. That yeah, was, I know. it was incredible. It was it was a great time. We had a great great tournament. We ended up finishing fourth in our age division, which was nuts because I'm looking at this week's um, because we're gonna have we're gonna talk to later in the show. A couple of the team of the year, U Trip team of the year coaches. Awesome. So uh, one of the team of the years, the twelve U, they're actually down there playing currently, and he's going to call in from the tournament. Oh, nice! Um, and I saw they had eighteen teams in their division, and I'm like, man. I mean, <laughs> so there was sixty. How many teams were in our division this there week? There was forty. Forty. Okay. Forty teams in our division, and from what that director said, our session, which was last week, was the largest session they've ever had. Gotcha. Over 190 teams, you know, from I guess 13 or 14 U down to maybe 9 U. That's crazy, man. It was awesome. It was a great event. Uh, one thing we did not talk about, Rick, and I want to do this real quick, and I'll actually I'll probably ask Brad about this later when he calls in. What do you think about the, the, the fields? Now, we played at the Panama City Beach Sports Complex, mm-hmm. all turf, 100% turf, everywhere. Giant, giant complex. Um, our last day we played, there was actually a lacrosse tournament going on. Parking was a nightmare. What did you think of the field and the, and the complex? I thought the complex and the fields were awesome. Um, I mean, I, I've got no complaints about it. It was state-of-the-art, brand-new stuff, and every, everything was set up nice. The you know even the fields that had to be moved around and whatnot, um, they were set up well. They had pretty good fencing for you know the I didn't temporary really, fencing. I couldn't tell. We played our last game. We're well, not our last game, but our second last game. We played on what is doubles as a soccer field. Yeah, it really didn't. It didn't feel like that. At no, all. it didn't it felt, at all. It, it actually felt more like a baseball field than the bigger field that they had to move in the bases, yeah. and then you lose that dirt line and all that stuff. So it. it uh, it honestly felt more like a baseball I, field. I totally that. agree. And the thing that I liked is they actually had, now it was temporary mounds, but it was the big temporary mounds. Our kids hate those little bumps. Um, we have a couple kids that just flat can't pitch on them. So I, it was nice to actually have a nice big temporary mound to yeah. actually they could stride out on a little bit. And they're not stepping into the turf. Yeah, like I said, everything was awesome. The, I guess maybe my only one B for complaint was the backstops were insanely huge. Oh, I yeah. Mean, a pass ball, you're getting it's automatic. You know, a couple times I, I, I could pass, walk the second well, base. We took two bases a couple times on <laughs> yeah, a fastball. Yeah, so that's the thing. You could get two yeah. if you really hustle. So our Oakley contest this past week from Guardian Baseball, we have a winner. So we're going to announce our winner now. He's going to win a Oakley. Um, they're called the Flake, the F L A K 2.0 XL. They're white Oakleys. And our winner is John Todd from Mount Washington. All right. 
John, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for signing up for the uh, Guardian Baseball Oakley giveaway contest. We're going to do more of these contests, so this isn't just going to be the only one. We're going to give away more and more cool gear. Uh, we want to thank Guardian for doing that. We want to thank Oakley for stepping up and doing that. So congratulations, John Todd right. from Mount Washington, Kentucky. We'll have to get a picture of him with yeah, his Oakleys Yeah, man, on. we got we to see those <laughs> Oakleys. All right, so this week's topic, it's tryout season. So I've been getting a couple different emails, questions okay. um, about navigating tryouts. So, so here's some of the questions, Rick, and we'll, we'll kind of we'll debate these as we go along here. Um, how should parents navigate tryouts? How to decide what teams to try out for? Um, how do parents find out what's important to a particular organization or coaches? How do you find your best fit? Um, how do you navigate these teams that charge fees to come try out? So let's start with this first one. How should a parent navigate travel ball tryouts? What is your opinion there? What's your gut reaction when I ask you that question? Ooh, I mean, that's a loaded question. That's um, It's actually a lot to handle because, you know, as a parent, if you're not already invested in a team and you're just looking for that first travel ball team, I, I honestly, I don't know how you navigate it. I mean, it's, it's almost like a crapshoot. You, you really don't know what you're getting into. Um, I would try out for as many teams as possible. I would too. Um, just to get a feel for a the coaching staff, the organization, the other kids that may also be interested in the team that also might make it. Um, just get a feel for everything that you can with as many different teams as possible. Um, again, it's tough. Uh, there's a lot of choices out there, at least in the Louisville area, and I know in the surrounding areas, uh, there's a lot of teams out there. Uh, the other thing would maybe be location. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you mm -hmm. know, if, if I'm living out in LaGrange, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I want to play for a team out in Bullitt County. Right, you yeah. Know, that's sure. That would be a tough drive three, yeah. four days a week. So, to me, I think the first thing you have to do is be extremely honest with your kid's ability. I think you got to know what you got. So, if you have a kid... And, and sometimes parents are a little bit short-sighted on this. They think their kid's a little bit better. Um, sometimes parents are harder on their kids than they need to be. So you really need to do an honest assessment of how good your player is. At that point, that kind of will narrow down, in my opinion, who you need to go try out for. So if you have one of your top echelon players, you probably need one of the top echelon teams that have really good coaches that you're going to get some improvement out of. Um, I'm not going to say names, but there was a kid in our age division that's one of the better players in town that was on a team and ended up switching and going to a team that had a little bit of a different, probably a, a more seasoned coaching staff. And, his, and I had a conversation with his parents, and his parents were like, look, he was the best player on the team, and he wasn't improving. There was He was just getting away with things because he was more athletic, but he wasn't really being taught baseball intricacies. So going to this new team that had a coaching staff that had an ex-professional player, he was really starting to learn some of these intricacies that he has not been taught at this other team. So there's things like that. Now, playing time is a big issue. Cost is a big issue. Uh, the team size is a big issue. The organization itself is an issue. The parents that you're going to be surrounding yourself with, because let me tell you something, you're around these parents a lot. All the time. It turns into you know a mini family. A mini family. <laughs> I mean, it absolutely does. Yeah. I mean, and you really got to like the people you're going to be around because you're going to be around them a lot, especially if you're going to do some traveling. Sure. And then, as you mentioned, Rick, I think practice location is huge because now granted, 
on our particular team, we have some kids that come from Oldham County. We have some tens kids that come from Spencer County. So we're pulling, and we're we practice in the Hikes Point. We're location. pretty centrally located, we though. Yeah. And they can, and everybody can get to us in about twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, now, if it's a situation where you got to drive 30, 40 minutes to a practice situation. I don't know. You may want to consider that. That might be a, a consider a thing to consider. To me, it all comes down to coaches and the coaches' mission and vision. What are they teaching? What are they preaching? Is it something that you feel like you and your your kids can fit into that particular organization's mindset and model? I think that's really important. Cost is important. I mean, is this something that they fundraise? Right. Uh, do they not? Is it something you can afford to do? For example, or are you going to you know Branson and Cooperstown and Florida every year? I yeah, mean, that's that's three huge trips, or you know, I, yeah. What's the total out of pocket look like? Not just you know, not just the team fees. But, sure. You know, where are we going, and do we need to spend the night every weekend somewhere in a hotel and eat out? Uh, you know? Right. <laughs> I mean, and that that's that all that stuff all adds up. Yeah. Now we're going to be doing um, some interviews with some of the teams of the year here coming up in this podcast. We won't get all of them. We're going to get a few of them in this one. I'll ask this question: What what do they think parents should be looking for? And it's tough. I think what you have to do as a parent is you have to have a conversation with the actual coach of the team. That's another thing that you won't don't want to get wrapped up in. So, for example, um, Sean Johnson helps run the ELS program, right? We had Sean Johnson on. I don't think you can go have a conversation with Sean Johnson about the 12U team. Right. Because the coach's philosophy might be completely different than what his philosophy is just because they're kind of under his umbrella. Right. I think you need to – it's same with us. So um, Zev Bernard runs our Wolves organization, but his coaches within the organization do a little bit differently team by team wise. You really need to sit down and have a conversation with the actual coach of the team. See if your uh, values line with their values, kind of try to get a feel and understanding of how tough of a coach they are. Your kid may need it. Now, so look, so I've heard coaches say, hey, we don't yell, we just correct. We don't, uh, you know, we just try to teach um, and we don't get on our kids. We don't do anything that's going to be um, derogatory toward the kids. Let me tell you something. Sometimes your kid needs it. <laughs> so depending on what that kid is, you need to know how your particular, your your child, how they interact with authority, right? So do they need to be yelled at a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I I coach a kid in basketball that his parents are like, you have to get on him. He is not going to play until you get into him and yell at him. Then you actually may get something out of him. Until then, he's just going to tune you out. Right. And and that's absolutely the case. So you got to know – look, every kid's different. Every coach is different. You got to kind of know what you're getting into and trying to figure out that landscape of what that coach is looking for. The other thing, all right, for us – so we were uh, excited to announce the, the Wolves are the uh, U-Trip team of the year. We won the points race. So we're super excited about it. It was a goal of ours at the beginning of the year. Um, we're proud of this. We are trying to keep our team intact. We have 11 players. Is it possible we would add somebody in a tryout? Sure. Is it possible somebody may look for a different opportunity on our team? Sure. We don't know. Um, but for us, we are looking for specific needs. Right. So if you're looking into that 11U, that 12U, that 13-year-old range, and you're trying to find a well, a good established team, right. you need to have a skill set. You need to go to a, a, a coach and be like, look, I have a left-handed pitcher. 
He's a great pitcher. Here's with his pitching stats. Here's what he did this previous season. Or I have a um, middle infielder. Middle infielder, right. Fantastic glove. Exactly. They can play this spot. Are you looking for a first baseman? Because I have a great first baseman. Figure out what your kid excels at and then try to find a team that has that particular need. So for us, we could use another arm. We could use another pitcher. And so that's something that we're going to be potentially looking for, not to replace a kid that we have, but to potentially add on. Just (laughs) we'll see. Every team could use another pitcher. Well, every, right, every team could use another arm. But it, right. <clears throat> for us, more than – you know, that's really the thing that we need. We're pretty solid in a lot of positions, um, infield-wise, outfield-wise, but we could really use another kid that could step in and help us in the pitching rotation. So that may be something that we're looking for. Maybe your kid's a great catcher. Whatever it may be, I think every team at the end of the year is looking for a particular need. Try to figure out what those teams' need are and see if your kid fits that 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 skill set. Well, especially these established teams and the team. You know, even if you are a very well-rounded team, you you might only end up losing one or two. You know, let's let's say you lose one or two, and then you really have to add one or two. And depending on who you lost that opens that void for a specific kind of skill set, like yeah. you said. And, you know, maybe we don't need three center fielders. Right. You know, we're, we need that first baseman or, you know, that third baseman or somebody capable of playing that position. You know, we, we play kids at several positions, not to pigeonhole them, but, um, you know, just certain skill sets that we would look for. Based well, on- I'm glad you brought that up because that's, that's a perfect example for us. So if you have your have a son – and you're coming to the Wolves team that we coach, and we're going to be a 12U team next year, and you're like, I have a center fielder. That's what my kid's going to play. It's what he wants to play in high school. I have a great center fielder. I want you guys to take a look at him. We're probably not going to give him as much of a look because we have a fabulous center fielder. So same with a catcher. We've got a top-end catcher. We're probably If your kid wants to be the number one catcher on the team, you probably need to look at a different team. But, um, but I would love to have a kid that who could catch that you know could give him relief. It's, it's catching's a tough job. Um, we don't necessarily want somebody to catch every single game, every single inning. You know, we need to give him a break. But you know, backup positions. But yeah, if if you're coming in as a parent with the mindset, my kid is the number one catcher. That's where they want to play every single moment of the game. Yeah. Well, you know, we don't do that with anybody. <laughs> we don't. But but there may be teams that need that. It's kind yeah, of what yeah, I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah, right, right. Now, if you would want to come play for us and you came to us and say, hey, look, I don't care if my kid plays. My kid can do A, B, and C. Yeah. Um, I think he can help you in this position. He can help you on the mound. He's going to help you hitting. He can run. He can catch. He can, he can play infield. He can play outfield. He can do it all. We want to be part of your organization. That's a kid we're going to be like, all right, we Let's need to give him a yeah. look. For sure. You know, as opposed to a parent saying, no, my kid needs to play this position and, and he needs to be the number one guy at that spot. If, if, if you can't take him there, then, then you know, we want to go somewhere else. Well, that's not a conversation we're going to have very long. Well, I don't think many clubs are going to have that conversation with that parent. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, seriously, again, there's teams, yeah, even in yeah. our age division, that True. need these particular spots. Yeah, if we lost our catcher today, you know, we'd, we'd be, be looking, looking for, for a catcher. catcher. Yeah, we right. would need an everyday catcher. Right. Um, a kid that we felt like could come in, and man, how important is having a catcher can throw a kid out. I mean, it's the difference maker, especially oh. at, you know starting. Guys, starting I'm out. telling you. So we, we saw some awesome catchers in Florida. Oh man, and they they made a world of a difference. They did, and I tell you, this one little kid we played. We played this team from um, Alabama, and this kid, he did not have the arm our catcher had, but man, his skill set was on. Un- 
believable. He stopped everything, and Rick was talking about those big, giant backstops. If the ball got past you, you were toast. He would stop everything, and he came through the ball so well when a guy was stealing. I was so impressed with how if if a if one of our players swung and missed, that catcher was up through the plate and throwing as we were stealing. It was it was an impressive deal, and having a catcher that can control the game behind the plate is an absolute game changer. So our catcher had a has a huge arm, has a, just a cannon, and when he would throw a kid out, it changed the game because the other team would have to consider not stealing, and, and a lot of times they would stop stealing. And then for us, because of our speed, we're probably taking second. Most of the time we're taking third. It's just a game changer. Yep. So having that catcher, and again, so I, I regress. I kind of got off on a tangent there. But so, again, back to the kind of the whole tryout thing. Rick, talk to me about teams that charge fees to try out. What's your feeling on that? <laughs> uh, me personally, I don't understand it. I mean, I guess I understand it from their aspect. It's a moneymaker for them. Um, it's a fundraiser. Yeah. I mean, I. I honestly, I don't know how they get away with it. Uh, you know, you're you're looking for kids. You're not running a professional major league organization. Um, maybe it – I don't know. Maybe for them it kind of weeds out the people that are more serious versus the people that are I, I just think, trying out for everybody. Yeah, I think being devil's, um, devil's advocate, that's kind of – that's what it is, is it is it make sure you're a serious candidate at that point. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess what's the normal fee? Like twenty five bucks. Twenty, like twenty, twenty five bucks. So I, you know, it's it's not huge, but if you get you know twenty kids at a age group tryout, I mean, that's that's some pretty good money. <laughs> well, I think it's also a sign. So this is one of the questions I got from one of our listeners. I think if a team is charging for a tryout, that's a sign they may not need any kids. You know, if if, if if this team's desperate for for a couple players, they're probably not going to charge for tryouts. But if you're good with what you got, and yeah, sure, if if Nolan Ryan walks in, you're going to take him. But I, I I would say that's a sign of that's going to be a tough team to make because they're probably pretty set. Yeah, and they probably don't. They probably only get a handful of kids. Um, you know, maybe trying out for one spot or maybe no no spots. Right. But I would like that organization to be upfront with me and say, look, we've got. 11 kids coming back. We really don't want to take anybody, but we will consider taking somebody if it's the right fit. Um, just kind of where you stand. And, you know, it didn't get, didn't get anybody's hopes up. But, you, know. you know, I think that's kind of an organization thing, not so much a coach's thing. You know, I've ran into some coaches that, that have paid tryouts that it's not really their decision. So it's, you know, they, they would prefer not to do that, but – you know, it's something the organization wants to do, and they're kind of under that organization's umbrella, so they have to. So, you know, it, you, there, there's some give and take there. I, I would, I would think though, if you see a team that's charging for the tryout, they're probably pretty set, and they're probably looking for something very specific, and maybe try to figure out what that very specific thing is before you go. That would be my suggestion. Um, and then, as far as like figuring out how you fit with the parents. Is there any way to do that? I mean, I don't know how you would even do that in a tryout perspective. At a tryout? <laughs> I don't think there is. It's tough because, I mean, most of these parents don't hang around and watch the tryout. They either go back to their car or just drop them off for an hour or two and come back. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know how you do that unless you just 
unless you're already in the travel organization for you know a year or so and you've seen the other teams play and you've kind of seen the other parents right you know in the back of your mind you're like oh man that that team's crazy over right. there right i don't want any part of that or you right. know that team was really nice you know they were yeah. very respectful very good sportsmanship you know i i would consider playing for them if something happened you know stuff like that that that's kind of what I would have in the back of my mind. So um, as you were talking, I had something that your wife actually said in Panama City kind of pop in my head. There was a team that was playing before us, and our, our guys were kind of standing behind the, the dugout. And this team was very friendly with our kids. They were asking where we were from, how we were doing, told us good luck. Uh, actually told us good luck kind of in and out. I mean, they were just a very nice group of kids. And I remember your wife saying, man, I'm going to write them an email because that was impressive how, how, how cordial these kids were. Well, let me tell you something. When you're looking for a team and if your kids have been jerks to other kids the entire time, parents probably are not going to want to bring their kids over to that atmosphere. So making sure your kids are cordial to other teams and are right. polite. Respect. I, I mean, that's going to help you kind of in the long run, too, if you're if you're looking for to, to maybe join that particular organization. Yeah, and you, we've all seen the memes and stuff on Facebook and, uh, you know, the posts. Uh, a big one resonated with me that I saw the other day. Um, you know, these college coaches look at how these kids treat their parents as well as you know how well they play on the field but the big thing is how they treat their parents if they treat their parents like crap you know they're probably going to treat their coaches yeah, like crap so i don't point. want any part of that so respect to their coaches and to their parents from these kids are huge and you know my wife pointed it out and she was right this team from uh i think they were from texas i mean they were respectful to everybody they ran into yeah they really were <laughs> coaches umpires parents yeah, other teams mm -hmm. i mean they were they're very gracious and very nice and, yeah. you know, very good sportsmanship. And actually, they they, they had a huge come-from-behind win, and yep. uh, it was all positive. Yeah, you know, and it's it's it was fun to watch, and it was something that, you know, we would like to try to model because it was, again, it was good. They were a good team. wasn't like they were out there getting their, yeah. their heads kicked in and they were just being nice to everybody about it. No, they were a good team. They just, you know, kind of did it the right way. So, you know, something to think about, too, was your coaching there. Now, the last thing I'm going to kind of – hit on here two big factors too when looking at a team time commitment and cost I, I said cost earlier but i would say like in our wolves organization zev will never let cost be a barrier so if if the cost is an issue for you he figures out ways around it and i would i would assume most organizations are like that if it's the right kid right family right fit they would figure out how to help you with the cost or they're going to fundraise or whatever it may be. I would think that there's ways to work around that. But the big one to me is time commitment. So if you're not willing to commit the time that this particular team is going to put in, some teams only practice once, maybe never, and play on the weekends. Uh, I, know a, I know a 12U team that doesn't practice. Hmm. They just play. And they expect their kids to get practice from the rec teams or middle school teams or whatever else. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Now, for us, we were trying to practice once or twice a week, and then we play on the weekends. So it was a pretty big time commitment, and we expected you to be there. So figure out what that time commitment looks like. Talk to the coaches. Figure out where, when, how much they're going to practice, and see if that fits within your certain schedule. Well, right. You know, if your kid plays another sport like football in the fall or basketball, you know, all year round, find out if you can, you know, squeeze – squeeze other sports in there and whether that's going to be an issue or not i know we talked about it previously with uh multiple sport athletes 
Um, and it being a great thing, but just make sure it can work and you're not just killing yourself trying to make it work. So, and the other thing is try to have a, a, a lengthy, honest conversation with the head coach. So I, I had a conversation with one of the kids that are on our team now when he came on on board with us when I think it was our 10U season. He had made several teams, um, and they were trying to figure out what team they were going to go to. Good player. Mom calls me and kind of said, look, here's the deal. Here's my kid's kind of – he's got some interesting little things about him. Um, we're trying to figure out what the best fit is for him. We had a great conversation, found out that the mom and I had some things in common, that kid and I had some things in common, and it was just felt like a really good fit on, on, on the phone call. She also had the same conversation with some of the other coaches and just felt like we were the best fit. And, and two years later now, I, I think that they are very happy about their decision and feel like we were a great fit for their son. So just try to have that conversation. If, if you Five, ten minutes may not cut it. See if you can talk on the phone. Um, if you're really considering joining that team and you don't know a lot about them, try to pick the coach's brain. Ask them all the questions we just talked about. Ask them their mission. Um, ask them what the time commitment is. Ask them how big the team's going to be. Is there going to be 13 kids or is there going to be 10 kids? Because really that should probably weigh in your decision. Um, ask them what the organization's mission is. What the team's level are going to be. Are they going to be single A, double A, triple A, major? Does your kid fit in that level? Is your kid a single A player or are they a major player? You kind of you, you need to know that going in. Figure out how the parents are. Are they are they welcoming? Are they are they friendly? Figure out if your kid's going to have a certain amount of playing time. And then and then lastly figure out what the locations are going to be. What's your practice locations? I think trying to figure out all those would be the the best way to navigate figuring out if your kid fits on a certain travel team. Yeah. Uh the other thing I've ran into I want to add this um if you are trying out for multiple teams Maybe tell the other coaches that that you're trying out for. That's a great and, point. Uh, because be very upfront. You know, a lot of them. You know, you might be waiting a couple of weeks before you try out for that other team, and that other team wants you to commit like right away. Yeah, we so, ran into that. I mean, it's a tough decision on on everybody's. You know, on everybody's plate, the coach from the other team, the guy that wants you to try out for them, and the parents of the kid. Because you know, what if we don't commit to them? They might pick some, pick up somebody else, and then we're, and then maybe we don't make the other team. And then we don't have a team at all. Uh, so, Rick, that's a that's a great um, point. And that, I'm going to take that one. one step further. So this past season, we had a parent that was worried their kid wasn't going to make our team. They liked, they wanted to stay with our organization, but was worried they weren't going to make it. So they called me and said, "Hey, look, we just wanted to let you know before you heard it from somebody else, we're going to try out for this team and for this team. Just letting you know." And this is why we're, you know, we're worried that you might find somebody a little bit more talented or whatever it may be. And so I had no issue with that. I, I had that conversation, and they're very upfront. They're very nice about it. But then we also had kids that went and did it and didn't tell us. And it was kind of, uh, kind of a shady thing kind of behind the back. And, I didn't, I, and that I didn't feel real good about, right? Right. So it, Just be upfront. Be upfront. Communicate. Yeah. Tell them why. Tell them, tell them hey, look, we're going to go try this, and this is why. And, and for me, I, I had no issue with that at all. Um, I appreciated it more than anything, and I think right. that's a really good thing to do as a parent. Just be upfront about it. Just communicate. Just be upfront about it. Yep. No surprises. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Super excited to have on the podcast. I have the coaches from the 8U River City Owls with us, Mr. Todd Worf and Mike Mohall. What's up, fellas? Hey, how's it going? going? So you guys are team of the year for the 8U division. Now, you guys are AAA, correct? Yes. 
So tell me a little bit about your season, man. Obviously, um, I, I'm, I'm seeing some numbers here. 36-5, and five, pretty impressive record. Uh, six U-trip wins. That's kind of incredible. Tell me a little bit about your season. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, beyond our expectations for sure. Um, I don't think anyone really goes in expecting to win uh, like that, uh, or at least they shouldn't, especially with eight-year-olds because you don't know what you're going to get day-to-day Right? because um, you're dealing with such a young kid. But uh, the kids are great. They play hard every day. Um, they make it easy for us, you know, and they've, they've risen to every challenge that we've put in front of them. We've put them in some pretty tough tournaments. And uh, and they've they've responded, you know. We just uh, try to do the best we can. We don't we don't preach winning or losing. Uh, we have two rules on our team: it's to hustle and have fun. And that's really it. The you know our motto is: if we do if we do those two things, the scoreboard will take care of itself. And um, you know we, we luckily you know been on the right side of the scoreboard uh, pretty high, you know pretty much a lot of the time, which is, like I said earlier, completely unexpected. Now, guys, tell me about your all's ba- baseball background, because obviously with, with a with a high-level team like this, surely you guys have to have some, some baseball pedigree. Yeah, I, I um, well, both of us uh, played college ball. Uh, I'll let Mike speak about what he's done, but um, I played um, college ball all throughout uh, the four years. I I went to a junior college in Illinois for two years um, and then went to IUS uh, across the river uh, there in New Albany uh, for the final two years. Um, So, you know, I I pitched. I was a lefty pitcher uh, all throughout my career. Um, When I got to college, that's all I did. Uh, I was just a pitcher. And Mike and I met up over at IUS and uh, hit it off from from the beginning. And uh, I've said to this day, he's the best catcher that I've ever I've ever thrown to uh, the guy's got the knowledge of the game. That's just unreal. Well, yeah. Thanks Todd. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. I played uh, at Kennelsville first right out of high school uh, in Kennelsville, Kentucky, uh, in high school down there. And, uh, was there three years well, two and a half. I registered in my first year, broken wrist, but then uh, transferred to IUS Um after my, my grandfather passed away and I lived with my grandparents. So I came back home to be with my grandma and um, help her around the house and stuff. So IUS made it a pretty easy choice. I commuted back and forth from the house. Um, and then from there, I uh, went and played independent ball for a year in the Southeast League um, down in Louisiana, Georgia, Florida, you know, and Alabama. So, and then from there, I was the uh, bullpen catcher for the bats for about 12 seasons. Um, so that was, that was pretty, pretty awesome experience nice. as well. So, um, that's, that's where, you know, you, you learn to, you learn a ton from playing and the more you're around it, the more you can absorb. So I was lucky enough to be around it for a lot of years, even after, you know, uh, college and everything too at a high level. So you just, it, it's been, it's been very helpful, you know, and, and transitioning to, to the coaching thing, too. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I knew you guys had some some high-level baseball pedigree. I didn't realize Mike, yours was that high. That's that's pretty awesome, man. But So tell me, I mean, obviously you guys had an awesome season. Um, who was the best team you guys faced all year long? 
Let's see. I would probably have different. I'll let Todd. You know, we might have different thoughts on that one. Um, best team we played. It's hard with eight U um, because you, it is a big variable with coaches pitching. Um, but I have to say that best team we played that probably challenges the most was a team out of uh, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat us twice. Uh, we beat them once. Um, Indiana Blaze yep. is the name of the team. Now they won the uh, state tournament, the right? Yeah, they won the state tournament in Owensboro. Yes, gotcha. Yes, that's true. So uh, yeah, they were they're they're a really good team. They got some good players. So I'd say that was probably our biggest challenge um, as a team. I mean, we played a ton of good teams, but for me, that's probably the one. So. Um, Todd, you, you can yeah you can i've got on. i've got three that i probably list in the same category okay. um so that that indiana blaze team is really good um there's a team out of tennessee we played uh locally uh badgers baseball club they were they were pretty impressive and then when we went up to indianapolis uh we played a team uh called the zbc green what what zbc green yeah, yeah. gotcha yeah, like Eagles, I think it was. Something like yeah, that. yeah, and they were they were a pretty solid team, and um, their coaching staff was pretty pretty good as well. Yeah, so I agree with that too. Hey guys, Rick Hines here. Um, so this is an eight U team. It looks like you guys had basically the same team last year in seven U machine pitch. Um, where how did this team evolve? How did this team come about? Where did the name Owls come from? Um, you know, kind of where did this program start out, and uh, how'd you get to where you are at? You know, currently. Mike, do you care about jumping? Yeah, you go. I was going to let you go ahead and take that. Yes, absolutely. All right. So, Mike and I had always we have we have kids, obviously the same age group. Um, he's got he's got twin boys, and I've got a I've got a son, but um. We, we'd always talked about doing something um, and starting either starting a team or finding a team that they could all play on um, because we, we knew there was something special with at least those three. Um, so we started talking about it, and um, the best thing that we could come up with is, well, hey, why not do it on our own? It, it gives us a chance to do what we love doing and coaching, and um, it gives us a chance to – to be around the kids and, and doing that. Mike has an older son that he was ready to kind of release and let him go on his own and have somebody else coaching. Um, so we started uh, in Oklahoma at uh, the, the recreational baseball, uh, the Little League, in 2019. Okay. So we played there that, that spring, and um, we won the league that year, so we got the All-Stars, and we were – able to you know get this all-star team which consists of everybody but two players um on from that all-star team okay so, so that's where most of these kids came from was local directly okay yep so we we took it straight from there and, and haven't looked back and these kids have been with us now for two years and um it's it's pretty impressive what they can they can do um as far as the owl's name mike had, he's the, the creative genius behind all that because he um, he started looking at logos and that kind of stuff. And then um, we met one day just to talk about, uh, you know, names and that kind of stuff. And it just fit. And uh, 
we knew we wanted something that went River City rather than Louisville because we wanted to kind of stand out from just Louisville. We we had kids from all over, so that's kind of where we we came up with with all of that. Awesome. So it's tryout season. Are you guys going to have an open tryouts for your team, or is it you going to try to keep the kids you have? Uh, we'll we'll have an open tryout because you know it, there's always our season just ended on Sunday, and you know while we love all our kids and all our kids uh, are a part of our team, but you know you never know what what's going to happen until you you know talk to other parents. They may want to the kid may not want to play next year or whatever the case may be. You know there's a myriad of reasons that you know a child might not want to play the next season. So we we always hold open tryouts. Um, you know, this year will be different because last year there was COVID, so we had to do individual tryouts. But right. This year we're going to hold hold our open tryouts. Uh, we're going to do that July 17th and July 21st um, at at Southern High School's awesome. softball field. Okay. Um, so we'll we'll have our open tryouts then, and you know, it's free to try out. Anybody's welcome to try out, and um, you know, we just we like to see what kind of talent is out there. I mean, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So you just want to make sure that you give everybody an opportunity. I mean, if there were enough kids that came out and, you know, we could find a, a you know, field the second team uh, with a quality coaching staff that we believed in and bought into our philosophies, we'd, we'd consider doing that, you know, just to give kids an opportunity to play. Um, so that's another reason why for the open tryout too, because you never know if we have, you know, 20 kids show up, we, we could feel the second team possibly, you know, so we want to keep the, want to keep things open to grow and get better just as a, as a, as a team and as a group. Yeah. makes perfect sense. So last question here, guys, and I'll let you go and I appreciate your time today. So I'm getting a lot of questions being that it's tryout season of what parents should be looking for. Now you guys are at that eight going into that nine U season. What do you think a parent should be looking for if they're new to travel ball? If they're just kind of getting their feet wet with this whole thing, what's the most important factor as far as picking a travel ball team? (laughs) Um, If I were if I were doing this and just walking into it, you know, the the coaching staff is something that you you definitely want to look at. Um, you don't want. I mean, we're a we're we're not a coaching staff that's going to sit there and yell or um, you know yell at the kids or do anything. We're going to hold them accountable. We're going to um, tell them what they've done wrong, but we're going to teach them why we're doing that. Sure. So, you know, that's that's what we look at um, as our coaching philosophy, and that's what we would want anybody to to you know to do for their kids um but these parents any parent sorry not not these parents but any parent needs to reiterate to their kids to have fun um you know that's the that's the biggest thing that we did all year long is we wanted these kids to have fun and not worry about the game because the game's supposed to be fun right right you know we we want them to to go out there and just play you know they're they're eight nine year old kids we don't want them we don't want them having pressure on them that that results in, um, you know, crying if they get out or disappointment or anything like that. You know, all that will come in time, and, and we just want them to go out there and play the game that we love and that we hope that they love. Sounds like a great philosophy, Mike. Would you kind of feel the same way? Yeah, it is. It is a coaching staff thing. Uh, if you're if you're new to it. Um, if you're new to it, you want to feel comfortable with who you're you're trusting with your child, right? It, it's there are a lot of people that put the the game above 
the player um, and focus on the winning they instead of the development of the kids. And we've never done that, and that's what I would want to look for. I want to look for someone who's going to teach my kid, who's going to build my kid up. It's going to te- you know show them what they did wrong. I, I get frustrated with coaches that yell at kids about certain things, but I want to question that coach and be like, have you taught them that, though? Right. You can't yell, you can't yell at that kid if you haven't taught them that. You can't expect them to know that or perform that task unless you have practiced that and showed them, you know, that exact situation or something similar to that. That's one of my biggest pet peeves with some of these coaches. When I hear them, uh, we're waiting for our, our game to start, and I hear a coach, you know, get after a kid. And I want to sit there and say, have you taught them that? Yeah, no, that's a great that's point. A big, that's a big deal. That's a big deal to me. Like, you, you yep. cannot expect a kid to perform a test that they haven't been taught, and you can't. You can't, you can't get at, get angry with them or you know talk loudly towards them if you haven't done that. No, so, I totally agree. Coaching staff is huge. Uh, trust in who you put your kids with. Like uh, I mean, that's a, that's a big deal to me. I, you know, everyone is very protective of their own child, as they should be, and who you trust them with is a big deal. And that that's my biggest thing. Yeah, no, that's uh, awesome. As a, as a, are the coaches, do I feel comfortable putting my child in this coach's hands? Do I feel like it's an environment that they're going to grow and, you know, and, and be successful in? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. All right, guys, last question. So every week we try to give out a favorite drill, um, trying to give give coaches and, and, and dads and parents just some things that they could use on their own. What would be the fav- your favorite drill that you guys did this year? What you got, Todd? Um, you know, it, it for and it's going to be different for our age group because I think my favorite drill that we worked on, and it seems so basic, is our relay drill. Um, I can't tell you the amount of times that a ball was hit into the gap and it gets to the fence, and we're throwing, we're doing a, a proper relay and throwing somebody out. Sure. Um, it, it's it's funny that way because you know it's the basic techniques of, of baseball, but. It's at that point you're not really at eight eight years old. You're not really looking to to work on that, but we incorporated it and the kids took to it. So, in, in my my opinion, you know, it's the it's the basic break, part break of it. it down for me, Todd. What are you guys doing when you do that drill? No, we've got um, so we'll we'll just say it's a uh, it's a line drive in the gap and the kids going from uh, first to third. Um, we got our outfielder going to get the ball we've got our shortstop lining up and we've got our third base lining our shortstop up and we throw from the outfield to our shortstop our shortstop to third and and we work on getting that out we get we worked on getting the tag down uh we worked on you know just making sure everybody was in line so our throws were going to be right there i love that you know i think that's something that a lot of coaches overlook too is that whole making sure and and the the word that you're using todd that's resonating with me is in line because a lot of these kids even at our age at 11 you they don't realize they've got to be in line with the throw they're kind of going to their normal spot where they go to do a cutoff Uh, i think that's an awesome drill and that's something that that coaches need to do more of for sure yeah on top of that drill like and we can break it down even in more simple terms. Like that drill is is a great practice drill, but what we do also is we actually practice it when we warm up. Right. So we will when we're warming up before a game, 
we will say relays because what is relays right relay is just throwing it to the next person right it's just throw it to the throw it to the guy in front of you is what a relay is so we work on it in our warm-ups and we say two relays and they have to throw it back and forth successfully then we say four relays and they have to throw it back and forth successfully four times you know we've gotten up to 10 times like that's all relays are right well, it gets Throw back it to, to the guy in front of you. Hit him in the chest. It right? gets back That's to that exactly old adage. Old adage from Rick it's Arnold: just, uh, "Just play and pitch and catch." Pitch and catch. Yep. It's just. Yep. It's just basically it is. That's exactly what it is. So that, that's what we tell them. You know, let's just connect as many throws as we can. That's all a relay is, right? You're connecting the throws because if you don't connect it, your relay's broken. Yeah. So just connect the throws. Doesn't connect matter how hard you throw it. You can. Yeah. Doesn't matter how hard you throw it if you miss the target. Well, guys, thank you so much. Congratulations on being the U-Trip Team of the Year. You guys had an awesome season. Um, we're excited to kind of follow and see what you guys do in the upcoming years. Nine U, kid pitch. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, hey, everything changes because you get to that. Now you get to the level where one kid can beat you, right? So you guys are at the level right now. You guys have the best team. Um, now when you get into that kid pitch situation, you got one kid who can strike everybody out and then hit a home run. You can lose to one kid. So that's it changes a little bit. Yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty lucky. Thank you guys for having us. We actually played a kid pitch tournament this weekend. Oh, fantastic. So that we, we, we just try to get our feet wet with that. So, nice. But we appreciate you having us on and uh, really appreciate it. Anytime, anytime you want to give us a ring, we'd be glad to talk. Well, I really appreciate it, guys. You guys were a wealth of knowledge. Um, good luck in next season, and thank you so much for being here. Thanks, thank guys. You all very you guys. Much. Appreciate it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now on the podcast, I'm very excited to have the Cage King Wild Things head coach, Brad Harp, on with us. Brad, what's up, man? How much, guys. Appreciate y'all having me. Uh, we just finished our skills competition and uh, just brought the team over here today to snowball. So. I love it, man. So how'd you all? So you're in Panama City right now playing in the event that we just played in last week. Now, are you guys playing at the Panama City Beach Sports Complex? We are. We're at the sports complex. Awesome. Four, four or six today. Awesome, man. Well, good luck. So, congratulations on U-Trip Team of the Year. You guys had three U-Trip wins. You guys were 42-16 and 16 as far as um, the U-Trip record. Uh, tell me about your season, man. Why were you guys so successful? Well, you know, I think, um, you know, the players and even some of the parents were a little frustrated at the, uh, the first part of the year. You know, we didn't... Uh, Came out and had a couple of uh, second-place finishes and then uh, a few third-place finishes and, you know, kind of just told them, you know, you guys are you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're putting in the work. Good things are going to happen. You just got to stick with it. And uh, sure enough, you know, I'd say, uh, I'd say in our last 25 games, we're, uh, we're 21 and 4. So, you know, the kids didn't uh, – they didn't give up, you know. They uh, they kept fighting. Uh, you know, we play a lot of really good competition. You sure. Know? It's uh, you know, in this twelve U AAA division uh, in this area, I mean, you can't lay down. I mean, there's no lay down. Yeah, that's it's it's loaded for sure. And the the Teams. back end of your season was nuts. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. You know? <laughs> we uh, you know, in that Diamond uh, Diamond Kings, you know, you're playing. Uh, uh, you know, we start out, we beat the Blue Sox, but I mean, one of the top teams around, sure. and then we get them again uh, in first game in bracket. And you know, it's not the team that you want to play twice. That's no, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, a, v- a very good team. Uh, Beast mode and Derby City Baseball Club. I mean, 
you're just not going to get uh, not going to get those gimmies in AAA. That's for sure. Yeah, man. Well, you guys again, congratulations! Fantastic season. I think you have the best shortstop at twelve. U. the kid fascinates <laughs> me. Um, and and, I, and the other thing, man, is you told me that was just unreal. Is the amount of home runs you guys got some power. We've got some power. Um, I want to say out of the twelve kids that we have on our roster um nine of them have home run, home runs. Oh, that's wow. incredible <laughs> that's wild uh, how many how many know, total home runs did you have this year gosh i don't know it's got to be near 60 that's um, nuts i don't know exactly i haven't looked at the stats but Shoot. you know we've definitely got some power um but i'll tell you i think you and i talked about it last week it was uh but you know we won the diamond kings and we did not win normally we're winning most of these tournaments uh we're relying on the long ball right and we did not have to um in the last tournament that's great uh, which was good you know uh, everybody's kind of looking at everybody uh to step up and uh you know blow one out of there and uh nobody did but you know they just kept fighting back kept hitting and uh super proud of them well that's awesome man well look championship teams have to figure out different ways to win so and it's certainly something you guys were um, so a couple questions here, Brad. As far as – talk to me about your, your organization. So you guys are part of the Cage King organization, which is Sutton Whiting. Tell me how all that works. Right. So each in the, so each team basically has their individual uh, name. So, you know, not everybody in Cage King is the wild things. So, right. You know, there's a Cage King, uh, Sonics, Ghost Runners. Right. Uh, wild things. So each one of them is kind of like, uh, like a minor league team. Um, and then he's going to have his um, the Kings, uh, I guess, team. That is going to be his uh, MLB team, like you would say. You know, so you have your minor league teams. They all work up to, I guess, your 14, 16. Uh, and then Kings will be his, uh, okay. his top level. That's cool. Yeah. Now, so your particular team, you guys had a – ton of kids and, and i knew you back in kind of the j-town days so you took a bunch of strike yeah. kids right and then obviously supplemented in yeah we did well actually we've got three former strike players on here and uh another kid uh anthony holt who was a j-town kid so uh, basically four and okay. we did we substituted in awesome well so it's tryout season brad and, and one of the questions <laughs> we get constantly from from parents here is you know how should a parent navigate tryouts now you're a little bit different so you being going into that 13 year old division um what are you guys looking for and and if you're a prospective parent that has a kid that that could be you know somebody that could be on your wild things what what are you guys looking for uh obviously we're looking for catching and um you know just like every other team we're looking for pitchers yeah um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer of uh, you know when you go to 13 that's when I start you start carrying your age we, you know, at 12, we carry 12. At 13s, we'll carry 13s. I like that. Um, and, uh, you know, just because of uh, just because of the pitching. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, for this trials, that what parents are looking for, you know, go try out with as many teams as you can. Best fit for uh, you and your family, uh, for your son. Um, you know, go try out for as many as you can. Uh, you know, some of the travel ball websites. But, yes, we definitely love uh, – you know, to get some kids out there and see if uh, they think they're a potential good fit for us. How, now, do you guys charge? Do you guys charge a fee? We do tryout? not. We are, we are not going uh, to charge. What's your feeling on the teams that charge for tryouts? 
you know, I get it. Sometimes it's uh, you're trying to weed out just uh, the kids that are just wanting to come there just to try out to say they tried out for a team. Um, but, you know, it's also it, it could be uh, a helpful moneymaker for the teams. You know, they use that money for fundraising, uh, yeah. you know, you know, a, a tournament or, uh, you know, hats or uh, shirts for the fall. But, you know, I'm kind of mixed about it. I just feel like, you know, you shouldn't charge a kid to come out and try out. Yeah, we're, we're Rick and I are in the same same boat there. Yeah, I don't know how they get away with it. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Um, Brad, what's your philosophy as a coach? Uh, my philosophy as a coach: find the best players that I can. <laughs> yeah, amen put to them that. in the right positions. Um, but two is it, you know it's not only just having the best players, um, but it's you know these kids have gotten along so well; they've messed. You know, going out there fighting every weekend, and you know, and, you know, all of my kids, um, none of them will go to the same high school. So it's trying to match the kids that are, are not, you know, they they don't see each other in the classrooms. Uh, but getting these kids to you know become buddies and uh, and really mesh outside the field um, with only with not only just putting the best players on the field, but it's uh, you know. I think that goes a long way when these guys, when these kids are getting along and they're going out there and they're picking each other up when one of them's down or, you know, one of them strikes out and they're, hey, man, don't worry about it. I got you. Awesome. I, I, we preach that, man. Yeah. It's playing for playing for the us, not the me. I, we, we preach that constantly. And you, and you know as well as, you know, all these other coaches do, you know, these teams turn into families. You know, you're around each other so much that, it, you know, these kids turn into brothers with each other and the parents become – you know, best friends and family with each other. They do. Uh, we had a uh, we had a beach day down here yesterday. Invited everybody. Everybody shows up, and uh, well, imagine that the kids are just playing uh, ball on the beach yeah. all day. Yeah. And uh, but, you know, the, the parents were out here having a good time and listening to music and enjoying each other's company as well. So, you know, it, it's it part is of it. it does become a family, and it's uh, it's definitely part of it. And if yeah. you can get the right people and the right uh, families in there. Then I got. I got. Makes your season so much better. I got kind of a off baseball topic uh, or question for you. Where did the name and let's say logo of the Wild Things come from? That's kind of an unusual name you don't see in baseball very much. Uh, you know, I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's all a Sutton thing, right? Because he uh, he, he, he draws those logos. Oh, okay. He he comes up with these logos somewhere. Yeah, he um, he draws so. them personally. I think. Yeah, he did. So you didn't have a say in it. And uh, but I don't know where. He- where it came from but uh, you know everybody uh everybody knows something and knows you never know what you're gonna get yeah hey it, that's the <laughs> that's guy. the truth all right brad last <laughs> question we'll let you go man let you go enjoy the beach so what's your favorite drill give some knowledge to some of these other coaches out here you know mine is everybody will probably think i'm going to say something defensively or something offensively but uh mine's base running i love it um, you know, just people just do not, I don't think work on base running, you know, let's banana out around first, you know, what's, you know, what's the, what's the fastest way between two points, a straight line, you know, when these kids are, uh, you know, when they're rounding first and gosh, they're almost to right field, you know, it's like, gosh, you know, that's the difference in you being thrown out or you being safe. Yeah. So I think uh, base runs probably some of my, my best drills. Do you, do you incorporate you know, sliding into that? Like, do you work on sliding, sliding techniques? You know, we uh, we don't really. Okay. Uh, I haven't had any problems with the kids sliding. 
Uh, it's not something we work on. It's something we should work on, but uh, uh, it's something that we just don't really have uh, have not worked on. Yeah, understood. But I'm I'm so <laughs> with you on the base running thing. That's something that we harp on. Now our team's built on speed, so that's what we yeah. do. We run all day long. So that's that's uh, base running to me is key. And us too. And I what uh, my big first baseman last year. I don't know. If we maybe had um, two stolen bases last year. Um, the kid has not been thrown out this year. Um, you know, just these kids that they're, they're putting in the work in the off season. Yep. Um, and he has just gotten not only faster, he's gotten smarter. Yeah. Um, right. You know, it's kind of one of those things I always preach. You know, it's the, the secondary leads. Uh, you know, at second, at, at first, second, third, you know, on a pass ball, guys, you got, you know, just trying to get them smarter on the base pass. You know, secondary leads are big. We do a lot with secondary leads. But, you know, like with with Luke, you know, just it, these guys put in the work. So, yeah. you know, I keep telling them, you know, you're putting in the work, you're going to see the results. And uh, obviously we're seeing it this year. So Love it, Brad. Well, again, congratulations on being U-Trip Team of the Year. Uh, go win thank this thing. Too. Go well. Thank you, man. Go win this thing. Well, Bring this trophy back to Kentucky. Absolutely, yeah, buddy. Man. I told him we're going to come down here and have fun <laughs> is the uh, the main thing. But while we're down here, let's win it. Brad, so. let me. You know what? I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up. Let me ask you a question. So, when we were there this past week. It was a vacation first, baseball second. So our kids, like for you guys, you guys are playing at four and six. I know you had your skills yep. thing, but you know, for us, our kids would have been at the pool and the beach all day long, and we were playing teams that didn't allow their kids to do that. What, what's what been your philosophy on that? They are staying out of the pool and staying out of the sun until after we play. Wow. I like it, man. I dig it. Yep. We couldn't you get know, away with I, that one. <laughs> but. Well, we were supposed to play at 4 and 6, but we ended up playing at it, it 11 and midnight. Yeah. I mean, Right. <laughs> and that's one of the things and one of the reasons we've got uh, – I'm sit, actually sitting in the car outside of here at Dave's Snowballs. We have the entire team in there. Um, so keeping them out of the sun for as long as we can and right. keeping them together that way I can watch them and, <laughs> well, you know, well, I had I, I had a, I had a conversation last week with a co- with a team that that quite honestly they they beat the brakes off us at two o'clock in the morning, and I said, "How did you keep these kids so fresh?" And he goes, "Hey, man, we're here to win a baseball tournament. We're not going to the beach. We're not going to the pool." And our kids had spent the entire day at the pool <laughs> and the beach, and then played at two o'clock in the morning, and we just didn't have a chance. So it, uh, it, it was it was yeah. interesting. I, I'm glad to hear you kind of have that philosophy because you know I want to see you guys bring this thing back to Louisville. I appreciate that. You know, but it's kind of one of those things like, you know, when we were growing up, uh, you know, before our high school summer leagues and American Legion, guys go swimming. And, you know, it's just kind of instilled in your mind that that's what you you did not go swimming on yep. game days. No, that's it, man. Absolutely. And, after. and you win these games today, you get a high seed, you get off tomorrow. So yeah. you go swim all day. So a- nice. Amen. <laughs> all right, Brad. Well, good luck. And we'll talk to you soon, brother. All right. Thanks, guys. Right, I appreciate thanks, it. Brad. Thanks for having me on. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. I want to thank the uh, the coaches for calling in. We're, we've got uh, we got the 8U River City Owls, and then we had the uh, 12U Cage Kings, and then obviously you heard a little bit of from us as far as uh, our 11U team. Now, Rick, as far as our season, who do you think was the best team we saw? Give us a little bit of recap of our of our team of the year season. Put me on the spot. I am um, putting you on the spot. So I'm going to eliminate Panama City because, I mean, we saw some phenomenal teams We there. did. But so locally, uh, gosh, you know, we have we saw a bunch of great teams um, that 
that Indiana Strikers McVoy team. And really, that's um, because they have the best player I think we've seen. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, for whatever reason, it turned into a bit of a rivalry between us every time we played them. We had good games. Um, I tell you what, <laughs> the Louisville Fire gave us a good game just about every time we played them. They did. Um, they did. Yeah. Louisville uh, Elite was L- always a Louisville great game. Elite, yeah, definitely. Uh, always, we had some good games against them. They were in our league. And they were they were nipping on our heels for that team of the year. They were, man. They had a great season. Yeah, I think we might have had the closest margin of victory in that team yeah. of the year, you know, with Louisville Elite. Um, the, the Southern Indiana Stars is a good team. I think we only ran into them once, um, ended up tying them. Yeah, it's a great uh, team. They've got a good team. Vipers uh, Floyd, a, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, Vipers. I, I was just trying to keep it double A, but yeah, the triple A teams. And we played Vipers good. Floyd. We gave them a game. Played Vipers Floyd. Gave mm-hmm. them a pretty good game. That was early in the season. Um, yeah, hopefully, um, I'm looking forward to next year. Maybe uh, trying to play some of those better teams, yeah. like the Strike and the Sting and stuff like that. See how we do. Yeah, me too. I, I'm excited about moving up potentially next year and and continue to improve. You know, for us, and, and let me tell you something. So if you're listening to this. And let's say you've got a an all-star team of rec kids, right? You're, you're bringing a bunch of t- kids together, and it's like, man, we're getting pounded by this team. We're getting pounded by our seven-year-old <laughs> year. We got pounded. waxed. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking waxed. Wasn't even close. And if you look at where we've come from our seven-year year, seven-year-old year to our eleven-year-old year, it's it's insane. I have this conversation with my dad all the time. He's like. See, I, I didn't think y'all would win a game. <laughs> you know, y'all would just had this ragtag group of kids, all from this Hikes Point kind of optimist. It's like, you know, you guys were just, you know, you obviously were trying to do the right things, but you just didn't have the talent. Now, you look at what we have compared to then, it's crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. And it's, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of reps from our coaching staff, um, our kids buying in. So here's something that I can't stress enough. Sorry, my phone's ringing here. I had a mom call and said, at the time, the kid was our second catcher. And she said, what can we do to get more playing time? She wasn't complaining. She wasn't like, you're doing the wrong thing. She's like, what can we do? And I laid out a roadmap. I said, here's what you can do. I I turned her on to who I thought was a great catching coach. I turned her on to who I thought was a great hitting coach. And I said, look, go after it with these individual instructions and we will help what we can obviously in practice and we'll reinforce some of this stuff and what i did which was kind of smart is i i sent them to people i knew so i knew what they were working on from a catching lessons perspective and batting lesson and we would reinforce that when they're at our practices and i tell you what man this kid went made an insane jump and was, in my opinion, turned himself into the best 11-year-old catcher in, in the entire in the entire state. And it wasn't he, he wasn't always the most talented. It was it just didn't always start there. No. But they put the work in, and they asked. They were honest about it, and they asked his parents, "How do we do this?" We gave them the roadmap, and they did it. Yeah. And it wasn't just them. We've had several kids on our team that said, "How can we figure this out?" And that is why we've been able to be successful. Yeah, I've, I've got. I want to add on to the the catcher thing. Um, this particular kid uh, came to our tryouts at eight years old, and I saw him. And our other coach was like, "We got to take this kid. He, you know, he's pretty good friends with my kid." And I was like, 
do you realize he didn't even know which batter's box to stand in? He didn't know if he was right-handed or left-handed. <laughs> right, he didn't. And That's that was true. three years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, st- you know, if you've got a kid who loves baseball, loves the game, yep. wants to get better, he will get better. Put in the time, put in the effort, and, uh, you know, you'll see the results. Stay the course. So yeah. if you're a team that that's, didn't have the year you want to have, figure out how to make it better. And, yeah. and, and, and for me, what I've done is I've looked outside the box here. I've brought in guys like Rick Arnold, William Rodriguez, uh, Bryant Jones, Jim Gross, you, you name it. These guys that can come help and actually make a difference that no baseball, Ryan Wheat. And that's what's made us successful is we're able to take knowledge from these guys that do it at a high level, at either a high school level or a college level, whatever it may be, and, and really help our kids become it – ha- it wasn't an overnight thing. It's been a long process, and we still have ways to go, but we're going to continue to get better, and we're mm-hmm. going to be – by the time it's said and done, I don't care who you are, you don't want to play us. Nope, I don't think so. And, and it's because of that mentality right there. So I want to thank the coaches that have called in. Uh, they've gave us a ton of great knowledge. Um, uh, we want to congratulate, once again, Mr. John Todd, our Oakley winner. So – Something I'm going to start doing now on every podcast, um, you may or may not know, I have a I have a music background. So I was in the music industry and in a couple different, wearing a couple different hats. I was actually a, a musician in a band for a long time that um, had a top 10 single. I was, uh, I ran recording studios. I've been in the management and producing game. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to feature some of the, my friends, some of the people I know here in town. If you have a local artist um, Louisville, Southern Indiana, Kentucky that you would like us to feature, please let us know. This week I'm going to feature a really good friend of mine. Um, his name is Justin Paul Lewis. Um, Justin's actually administrator over at DeSales High School. Great dude. He's got an awesome feel, awesome vibe to him. So at the end of each podcast, I'm going to feature a new song. Um, so I'm going to feature one of Justin's songs this week. I hope you like it. Um, If you have some artists you think we should feature, please reach out to our Facebook page and let us know. As always, thank you for tuning in. Guardian Baseball, got to give another plug. Oh, I forgot. If you're a coach and you want to do some sort of team sales, you can reach out to teamsales at guardianbaseball.com. Just email them, and they will help you and give you some discounts. You will get stuff for cheaper than you would going directly through the particular manufacturers. GuardianBaseball.com. Shop for top baseball and softball gear. Kentucky and a travel ball for additional 15% off. Hi, Rick. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start Justin's song right now so you can hear the beginning of it. This one, it's got like a haunting vibe to it. He's really good with using like different instruments and he's got a cool voice. I hope you like it. This song is called Swim by Justin Paul Lewis. I am stranded on an island made of concrete Without a call, I am lonely here. Getting late, fluorescent lights burning brighter than all the stars, and I am lonely. I walk back on home where I belong Away from your goal
Expensive nights is not the way I want to live my life No I'm scared to say this but money's gonna break us Tear us down Down I am lonely here With your blonde hair, your makeup stare It's not even like you really even care But I am lonely And you won't swim Just to stay looking good Just to stay looking good And you won't swim Just to stay looking good 